This afternoon we are looking at what scripture teaches regarding the, the second petition of the Lord's Prayer as summarized and confessed in Lord's Day 48 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 48. What is the second petition? Your kingdom come. That is, so rule us by your word and spirit that more and more we submit to you. Preserve and increase your church. Destroy the works of the devil, every power that raises itself against you, and every conspiracy against your holy word. Do all this until the fullness of your kingdom comes, wherein you shall be all in all. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we pray regularly throughout our lives, we may feel at times that, over time, every prayer seems to sound the same. And we might get to the point that our prayers become almost mindless repetitions of the same phrases. Maybe you struggle with that at times. And it can be difficult at, at times to know just, just what to ask for, how, how to pray to God. Prayer does not come naturally to us. And one thing that can help is to try writing out a prayer sometime. Write out a prayer and, and then pray to God. That can help. That can help you in your prayers. Another thing that can help is studying the Lord's Prayer in depth. See, the disciples of Jesus Christ, they struggled with prayer at times too. It didn't come naturally to them either. That can be a comfort for us, can it? That's why they asked Jesus while he was on earth, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. We need to learn, just like the disciples did, what are things we should ask for? How should we shape our prayers in a way that's pleasing to God? How can we pray according to the will of God? Now, in order to teach us how to pray rightly, the Lord Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. It's a short prayer. Look at this prayer. It's a short prayer. But each petition is loaded with content and can be expanded as we, as we apply it to our own situation. Each petition can be unpacked and unpacked further. And it helps us to shape our prayers in specific ways to, to the glory of God and for our good. Prayer is for our good and it's even more for our good as, as we learn to pray according to the, to the will of God as taught us in the Lord's Prayer. So here in the second petition, the Lord Jesus teaches us to pray, your kingdom come. And this petition is all about the rule of God being established here upon the earth, the rule of God. God, of course, is king of all creation, but the fullness of his kingdom is not here yet, and we need it to come. And he uses our prayers in the building up of his kingdom. Isn't that a wonderful thing? God actually 
does use our prayers for the building up of his kingdom here on earth. What a privilege it is to pray this petition. So I encourage you to do it more and more. We pray regularly from the heart. Let us pray regularly from the heart. Your kingdom come, O Lord. So Christ Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Prayer to shape our prayers with a, with a kingdom-building focus. And that's the theme of the sermon this afternoon. Shape your prayers with a kingdom-building focus. We'll connect that with three main points. First, for our own submission to the king. Second, for the destruction of Satan's kingdom. And third, for the good of the church. Now, in Lord's Day 48, the Catechism rightly explains the content of this petition by first pointing to ourselves as individuals. In order to shape our prayers with a kingdom-building focus, we pray, first of all, that the, the kingdom of God would be firmly established in our hearts. That the rule of God would be established in our hearts. The Catechism puts it like this, So rule us by your word and spirit that more and more we submit to you. See, what, what is the essence of sin? At the heart of sin is the attitude that we want to be the king of our own lives instead of God. That's so much at the essence of sin. We want to be king of our own lives instead of God being king of our lives. That's what we see in Adam and Eve's original sin. God had given them so much. They were kings and queens over creation. All they had to do was submit to God's rule. But what did they do? They threw that submission away. They said, no, we want to be kings and queens of our own lives instead. And, and that unwillingness to submit to God and, and to instead rule our own lives, it's the heart of our sinful nature. You can see it all around us, can't you? What do we see with so many of the social issues of our day? We see the promotion of the idea that the self is king. Anything that a person feels is right for himself or herself and, and wants to do for himself or herself is encouraged. After all, you're the king of your life. Who is anyone to tell you that what you are doing is wrong or you can't do it? It seems like the only sin that's condemned in our culture is, is when people say, you can't do that. When people try to limit individual freedom to, to live the way they want, the individual is king in our culture. Now, of course, that attitude is, is nothing new. We see the same attitude in our reading from 3 John. There was a man named Diotrephus. He opposed some faithful workers of Christ's church. And what was at the heart of his problem? John says... Diotrephus, he loved to be first. That was the heart of, of his sin. He loved to be first. He was more interested in his own reputation, in his own kingdom, than, than the glory of God and the building up of God's kingdom. And so he worked to oppose the advancement of the kingdom of God. It, it stemmed from his desire to be first. And that can happen to us. See, if, if God is not number one in your life, if, if God is not the king of your life, then at times you will find yourself in conflict with the kingdom of God. You, 
There will be a conflict of kingdoms. My kingdom or God's kingdom. God is not king of your life. That's what will, hap- that's what will happen. And that desire to be first, that con- control down Trephus, it's still a desire we all battle against. We still have a sinful nature. Christian author Paul David Tripp asks some good questions to help uncover this desire in our own lives. He asks, why do we all struggle with something like envy? We struggle with envy because our greatest allegiance is to ourselves and our own personal happiness. He asks, how much of your anger in the past few weeks came because of your allegiance to the kingdom of God? You and I don't tend to get angry with those around us because they have broken God's law. Rather, we are most regularly angry because the people broke our law, that is, the law of whatever makes us happy at that moment. Those are, those are penetrating words. Think about when you get angry. Why do you get angry? Does it have anything to do with the kingdom of God, or is it because... Your own little kingdom is suffering harm. Think about it. You could ask similar things about something like frustration as well. Who's number one in our lives? Is it ourselves or is it God? This is all something we will struggle with. And consider how much of a contrast this is to our Lord Jesus Christ. See, he was on, when he was on earth, his focus, what was his focus on? Building the kingdom of God. He did not put himself first. He became a servant on behalf of the kingdom of God on our behalf as well. Every day he was focused on giving God glory. Every day he was focused on building up God's kingdom. And that focus, that desire, it brought him to no other place but the cross. He died on the cross for his commitment to the kingdom of God. Who of us have that sort of focus and desire? You know, a spirit of complete self-sacrifice for the kingdom of God. Well, well, none of us do, but that's why we need Christ, isn't it? Christ always put the kingdom of God first, and that's why he's our savior. He, he can pay for all of our sins every time we put ourselves first above God. And he gives us his perfect righteousness as well. He covers all of our weaknesses. But seeing all of this, we can now learn to shape our prayers with a kingdom-building focus by, first of all, praying for ourselves. And shaping your prayers in this fashion can sound like this. Heavenly Father, I pray that I might not put myself first in my life. I pray that you and you alone would be number one in my life. That you would be the king of my life and not me. I pray that your desires and your purposes for this world would be the goals of my life. I pray that I might submit myself always to your word. As we pray like that, it's going to change our lives. It's going to change our focus on, on everyday activities in life as well. Think about something like pursuing a career. Things like pursuing a career or raising a family are all, all well and good, but They can be done with a selfish focus too, can't they? They can be done with a selfish focus or or a kingdom-building focus. 
Things like your schooling, your career, your family can be done with a desire to build your own little kingdom, or it can be done with a desire to build up God's kingdom, His glory, His reign, His rule. By shaping our prayers with a kingdom-building focus, we'll pray that everything we do is done for the glory of God's reign. Brings us to our second point. Now, near the beginning of the first point, I talked about how the essence of sin is, is the desire to be the rulers of our life instead of God. And that's what Adam and Eve wanted when they sinned in the garden. However, something ironic happened when they reached for that self-rule. The autonomy they reached for was only an illusion. Instead of become rulers, becoming rulers of their own life, what happened? They became slaves. Slaves of sin and Satan. Instead of submitting to God, they submitted themselves to the devil. They became slaves to sin and death. And all of humanity is, is now born that way. See, everyone is born with that condition. A condition in which people think they are free. But they're really only slaves to sin. See, isn't that how people in the world think? People think they're free. They think they're the king of their own lives. But actually, they're in slavery. And they, and they don't even realize it. How sad. And that's the big lie that Satan sells to people. And people buy it all the time. You do this, you're, you're going to be free. You're going to be king. You'll be free. But actually, no. Satan is selling them slavery. People buy it all the time. Through that lie, Satan has been busy setting up his kingdom in opposition to, to God's kingdom. So knowing this can help us to shape our prayers, again, with a kingdom-building focus. We can pray that Satan's kingdom would be overthrown and destroyed. We can simply pray, Heavenly Father, destroy the kingdom of Satan. Answer 123 puts it like this. Our Father in heaven, destroy the works of the devil, every power that raises itself against you, and every conspiracy against your holy word. And there are a number of ways we can build on this in our individual prayers, in, in our personal prayers, in our family prayers, whatever it might be. Because Satan builds his kingdom through lies, we can ask God for the destruction of those lies in this world. You see, pretty much every sin there is that you can think of, it takes a lie to keep it going. Let's take an easy example with the example of abortion. The lie that people believe for abortion is that the child in the womb, it's just part of the woman's body, so she has the right to do with it whatever she wants. See, it takes a lie to keep that practice going. And that's how it is with pretty much every sin. It takes a lie to keep it going. And every aspect of Satan's kingdom is built on lies. So, so pray. Pray that his, his lies would be destroyed. Look at how, how John in his third letter to the apostle, uh, his third letter rejoiced in the truth. Verses 3 and 4. For I rejoice greatly. When the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you were walking in the truth, 
And I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. See, he has no greater joy than to see people walking in the truth because it's by the truth of God that Satan's kingdom is undermined. It's destroyed and and God's kingdom is built up. So again, let us pray. Pray that people's hearts in this world would be awakened to the lies they are believing. Pray that that God's truth and his word would go out into the world. By the power of the Spirit would convict many people of the truth. Pray that people would know the truth and love the truth, and by that truth they would be set free from Satan's kingdom. As we pray that, we can also pray We can also work to bring it about. As we pray for God's kingdom to come through the proclamation of the truth, and we ourselves can can spread the truth. It's a truth that everyone needs to hear. It's by the truth that people are set free. But Satan will do what it takes to, to make sure God's word is muffled or silenced or ignored. Pray. Pray and work for the spread of God's word. Brings us to our last point. And in our third point, we will look at one final aspect of this petition, your kingdom come. Lord's Day 48 also offers a prayer for the church by simply asking God, preserve and increase your church. Now, one thing we should realize is that the kingdom of heaven and Christ's church, they're not one and the same thing. They are related, yet they are distinct. God's church is the gathering together of God's people from all nations on earth. And God's kingdom is simply the establishment of God's rule upon the earth. So they are, they are very much related, yet they are distinct. See, they are very much related in this way. It's primarily through the church that God's rule is, is extended and established upon the earth. After all, what did Christ Jesus do? He gave the keys of the kingdom of heaven to his church. Because of this, it's very fitting when we shape our prayers with a kingdom-building focus to pray also for the church, to pray for the church over the whole world, but pray for this local congregation. Think about your own personal prayers. How much do you pray for this local congregation here? How much do you do that? What's so important? What are some ways we can pray for the church with a kingdom-building focus? Well, seeing that the keys of the kingdom of heaven are given to the church, we should pray that the church uses those keys well. The preaching of the gospel is a primary key for the kingdom of heaven. Pray for the preaching of the gospel to go out far and wide in the world. It's through the gospel that people are born again as citizens of the kingdom. Listen to 1 Peter 1 verse 23. You have been born again through imperishable seed, which is the living and abiding word of God. You know, there are people who have said that it's the blood of the martyrs, which is the seed of the church. As we look at scripture, we can see that that's not entirely true. Don't get me wrong, God might very well use the blood of the martyrs to build up his church. 
However, Scripture emphasizes that the Word of God is the seed of the church. That's why it's absolutely vital that the seed of God's Word go out in order for God's kingdom to come. I cannot stress how much, I cannot stress enough how important it is for all of us to pray for the preaching of the gospel. Pray for it every day. Pray for all preachers of the gospel. Pray for me. Pray for your own minister. Pray that the word of God would go out boldly, also from this pulpit every week. Pray that the Holy Spirit would work faith in our hearts by that word. Pray that the Spirit of God would use that word to cut us to the heart, bring us to repentance, bring us to faith. Pray that God would use his word to build his kingdom here in Winnipeg and all over the world. Pray that preachers would use the key of the preaching of the gospel faithfully. Pray that they would rightly open and close the kingdom of heaven through the preaching. See, it's when the kingdom of heaven is rightly opened and closed by the preaching of the gospel that, that the kingdom of God is advanced and built up. But if the key of the preaching is used wrongly, the kingdom of heaven is not rightly opened and closed by the preaching of the gospel, then, then Satan can hinder the, the progress of God's kingdom in this world and even stop it, or stop it here. See, the stakes are too high. We must pray for the preaching of the gospel. Pray also for our seminaries and, and seminaries everywhere. Pray that they would be faithful. Pray that new preachers of the gospel would be trained rightly. See, Satan would love nothing more than to bring down a seminary. Pray also for the elders of the church. Pray for them as they administer the other key of the kingdom of heaven, which is church discipline. Pray that God would give them wisdom to use it rightly. It's so important. See, in our reading, the Apostle John, he shows how Diotrephus, he misused the key of church discipline. It says he refused to welcome the brothers and also stopped those who want to and even puts them out of the church. And his misuse of the, of the key of church discipline hindered the progress of God's kingdom. And we know from scripture, we know from church history that that church discipline can be ignored or abused. When that happens, Satan's followers are allowed to infiltrate the church. And that does much harm for the kingdom of God. See, Satan, in building up his own kingdom, would love to see the key of church discipline misused, ignored, or even put away altogether. So pray, beloved, pray for your leaders, pray for these elders that they would use that key of church discipline properly. It takes wisdom, it takes uh, guidance from the word of God. Pray also for leaders who love the truth and who walk in the truth. The Apostle John rejoiced that Gaius, a leader in the church, was walking in the truth. See, by his selfless work, the kingdom of God was advancing. Diotrephus, on the other hand, was a selfish leader. 
And Satan would love to infiltrate the church with leaders who are unregenerate and who, who attack the truth, who put themselves first. Pray for your leaders, beloved. And pray also for yourselves. Pray that you would be fellow workers in the advancement of God's kingdom, also here. In John's third letter, John mentions several times a group of brothers who had gone out for the sake of the name, the name of Jesus Christ. John writes to guys telling him that, that we ought to support people like these, that we might be fellow workers for the truth. It's true that we're not all called to be missionaries or preachers of the gospel. However, we are all called to be in one way or another fellow workers for the kingdom of God. And by doing that, we will advance the kingdom of God here on earth. Pray for yourselves that you would have opportunities to work for the building up of God's kingdom. And pray also for each other. How important it is for us also to pray for each other that we might all grow in knowledge of the truth. That we might grow in submission to God and his word. Pray for each other. Pray for faithfulness. Pray for the advancement of God's kingdom here. And as the kingdom of God advances, then one day the fullness of God's kingdom will come. Where he will be all in all. Amen.